Have you ever been hacked? Have I been hacked? I got my Apple ID hacked about 10 years ago. Someone bought a bunch of games. And, uh, <laughs> I got hacked recently. Oh. Someone discovered one of my passwords <laughs> oh, no. for Instacart and eBay and stuff. It was kind of stressful. Yeah, it is. Did they buy anything? They tried. Yeah. They tried. Hey there, Pulse Check listeners. This is Annie Reese. Nearly 50 million Americans have had their health data breached in 2021, which is up three times in three years. The reason? Hacking's really behind a lot of this. Last year, about half of states and Washington, D.C. saw more than one in 10 of their residents directly impacted by unauthorized access to their health information. And hacking specifically accounted for nearly 75% of those data breaches, up from 35% in 2016. On the show today, Ben Leonard. My name is Ben Leonard, and I'm a healthcare technology reporter for Politico. On the Politico analysis of data from Health and Human Services, showing the uptick in healthcare data hacking and why. So it's really financially uh, lucrative because healthcare information can be used for a lot of different things. The thing about healthcare records, they have so much stuff in them, um, whether it's your birthday, you know, addresses, so many things that are really valuable to hackers that can allow them to get access to, say, a credit card or um, file. And particularly with the medical records, you can file a false claim in Medicare. You, you have their medical history, so it's a lot easier to figure out something that will get passed and be able to um, get through. So this sort of, you know, health information, while it might, you know, not seem super valuable, like why do they care if, you know, I broke my toe a while ago, but, you know, it could be valuable to them in terms of filing false claims to, to Medicare or, you know, insurers. So that's part of it. And also just it can be used as leverage as well in ransomware attacks. So say a, a criminal shuts down your computer system and says, hey, we also have your, your patient's information. That's another area of leverage for them that they have that can kind of force healthcare organizations' hands to pay the ransom because they, can, they can't just stop. They can, you can't just shut down the hospital. You, you have to keep giving care. People need care. It just dials up the pressure even more on them. Mm. And you mentioned filing false Medicare claims. Can you talk to me about that? So because you have someone's medical record, it makes the claims more believable because you can say, you know, look, I have this history of, of these conditions. Therefore, you know, I'm, uh, me as a quote unquote doctor, I will ask Medicare for payment back for services that I allegedly provided. Um, so with those records, it gives more credibility um, to the claims. How much of the rise in hacking that we're seeing is also because of the uptick in, for example, like healthcare startups and telehealth? Because I feel like there's been such a digitization of healthcare records. And these are all things that you just need a password for. A lot of people reuse their passwords. Yeah, no, definitely. So healthcare as a sector has long struggled with cybersecurity. And experts say that it's one of the least secure um, industries in terms of cybersecurity. So as healthcare has gone more digital, you know, there are just more entry points. Um, you know, there are more portals people sign in. It just means more way for hackers to get in. Um, and, you know, some startups might not, might not necessarily be thinking as much about security. It's not necessarily that telemedicine is, um, you know, not secure by itself. It's just that there are more entry points and more avenues for hackers to kind of take advantage. Why, as an industry, has it been less secure? That's a good question. Um Healthcare has struggled to modernize for a long time. Uh, it's costly. Um, there are a lot of institutional factors at play from um, entrenched interests like electronic health records vendors. Just basically slow 
healthcare has been very slow to move to the modern era, um, and cybersecurity is just one of those things. The budgets have been very low for it historically, so that has kind of hindered it as well. How did this story come to you? What made you want to do this? So going back in time, back to in, under the Obama administration, um, the High Tech Act passed basically a legislation to facilitate electronic health records and the digitization of health care. And one of the requirements was that um, HHS post this list of um, data breaches in healthcare. So healthcare organizations, if they're covered by HIPAA, uh, like providers, insurers have to report incidents where more than 500 people's data is breached. So now in the healthcare industry, this portal is called the wall of shame. Uh, <laughs> it has a lot of, <laughs> it has a lot of information on it. It's publicly posted and they have to release details about the attack and also notify consumers. So it's, it can be embarrassing for the providers, I wouldn't say it's necessarily something that your average consumer goes to when they're, you know, looking up where to go get care. But um, it's just an interesting trove of data that I've been looking at for a while and just decided to crunch it and really a huge spike. Just was looking to quantify kind of what we've been hearing that uh, hacks are up and it's become particularly important as healthcare goes digital um, and moves in that direction. And so wall of shame refers to what? So it, it's a website where it's a long list of healthcare providers that have been breached. You can see how many people have been breached, what type of entity there are, and then there's details about what happened to. Sometimes it's just as simple as a stolen laptop where others, it's, you know, a full-blown hack that's affecting tens of thousands of people. So it's kind of collectively known as the wall of shame in the healthcare industry because of that. Mm. So about five or six years ago, this was on hacking was only about a third of data breaches in healthcare, and now it's up to about eighty percent. And so we're seeing a lot, a lot more. Overall, data breaches are up about three times uh, in the past three years. So it's really significant. You know, some states like Alaska have sixty nine percent of their residents have their data breached, and ransomware is a big part of that, uh, particularly in healthcare, because you know you can't just shut down a hospital for a day. You Kind of a lot of them feel like they have to pay the ransom, and that's why you know it's kind of taken off, particularly in healthcare, but also in other industries as well. I want to put this into perspective for regular consumers. Do regular people who get healthcare actually feel the effect of these costs that like hacking or ransomware has? As an example, in high school, I worked in retail, and one thing like the company line was always that the more shoplifting we had, the more they'd have to raise prices. Is that at all? Is that a similar thing at all happening here? I mean, I'm sure it's hitting the bottom line a fair amount. Um, you know, in terms of your average consumer feeling the financial costs, you know, it's hard to say how much. When there are, when breaches happen, these uh, these healthcare organizations, whether it be you know your your local doctor or you know your insurer, have to so will have to pay fines. Um, but there are other costs included in this calculation. Um, you know, including you know diminished reputation. You know, your reputation gets hurt when there's a breach. Um, you know, or you lose customers and having to deal with the consequences of the breach. That's kind of where the costs come in. Mm. So in your piece, you mentioned that experts have told you that the cybersecurity threat to healthcare organizations has only risen as Russia invaded Ukraine. What's the time period on that spike? Like, was it after Russia's invasion of Ukraine? Yeah, so we've healthcare organizations, including the American Hospital Association, have been warning since December that of a potential rise in activity. And but we've really seen it, according to the people that I've been talking to, 
uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've really been seeing an uptick in activity. That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, ransomware attacks quite yet, but more phishing emails, things like that, things that you get in your inbox. So it's not full-blown attacks yet or anything like that that are on the rise, but one expert said it was up 10 times in terms of these Healthcare organizations have a lot of vendors in Ukraine and Eastern Europe, and one expert told me that it was these attempts have been up 10 times in the past couple of weeks. So it's really recent. And President Joe Biden said Monday that Russian cyber attacks are coming. Um, Russia has a long history of using cyber attacks, and um, experts have long feared, particularly recently with Ukraine, that they would use them, whether in Ukraine and a technology vendor that would hurt healthcare, U.S. healthcare organizations or directly attacking a U.S. healthcare organization. That's so interesting. So what are the solutions here? Like, is there money being put forward for enhanced cybersecurity? So healthcare organizations are, from what I'm hearing, kind of taking this threat, particularly from Russia, a little bit more seriously. And with a fair amount of high profile ransomware attacks, whether in the healthcare industry or, you know, the colonial pipeline this past summer, places like that, they're starting to take it more seriously, but the budgets just aren't there. And especially for a lot of these smaller providers that aren't as well resourced. So Healthcare organizations definitely are trying, but the resources aren't always there. What they can do is, you know, beef up their cybersecurity team, add things like multi-factor authentication. There are a bunch of other cyber best practices that um, are out there that are being pushed. But, you know, it's it's all about the re- it all comes down to the resources and whether or not they are able to implement them. All right, that's our show for this week. I'm Annie Reese, and a big thank you to Ben Leonard from our healthcare team for joining me. Dispatch's senior editor is Raghu Manavalan, and our executive producer is Jenny Ahmed. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next week.